I want to speak to you about fire. If we go all the way back, we're going to start in the Old Testament in a minute, but if you look into the New Testament, John the Baptist says in Matthew chapter 3, we'll read it in just a minute. He says, I baptize you in water, but there's one coming after I that's greater than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to tie. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And if you go back, I want us to look at fire from the Old Testament and bring it all the way into the New Testament. Uh, I don't want to alarm anybody. I, I, my brother was in my office a little bit ago, and I said, I've been here since wee hours of the morning. I had like 26 pages of notes, and I'm trying to narrow it down, and I didn't narrow it down, so I hope you guys ate breakfast. <laughs> I'm just messing. I, I, uh, my wife always tells me to slow down, but I'm just going to ask you to listen quick because i got a lot I want to get out, so I'm going to talk quick today. In Leviticus chapter 6, beginning with verse 10, it's a, and this is, um, the Lord has spoke to Moses to give instructions to, to, to uh, uh, Aaron and his sons. And he wraps it up and he comes on down into verse, tw- um, let's read, let's go on down to 12. And it says this, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burn offering on the, on the fire and, and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Even if you look up into verse 9, the Lord tells them that the fire must be kept burning because he had sent the fire, God had started the fire, and it was there, and it was their responsibility to maintain the fire. And the fire represents the presence of God there. You see, he says, the fire shall ever be burning on on the altar, no matter what we see, no matter what we're facing, no, no, no matter how you're feeling, no matter what's going on, what's happening and what's not going on. He says, the fire shall ever be burning up on the altar. In other words, he's saying, don't let your fire go out. Don't let your fire go out. Keep kindling that fire. Keep stoking that fire. He says, don't let the fire go out. You know, I know Leviticus is one of those books that every one of us can't wait to dive into every Monday morning. You can't wait to read Leviticus. But if you, if you, uh, for a deeper understanding of what's transpiring in, in Leviticus, if we look all the way back to chapter 1, verse 1, it simply says this. It says, the Lord called Moses and spoke to him. I thank God that he spoke then and he speaks now. I thank God we serve a God that spoke then and he speaks now. And the root word for Leviticus, as you know, is Levi. And Levi simply means to join to. You, you join to. It, Levi means to, to speak to, to connect to. Oh, my. Again, I'm so glad that then God connected with his people. And I'm glad today that he still connects with his people. He spoke to his people then and he speaks to his people now. They, you know, they, they should have already mm, been where they were going as they were traveling through. And I'm not going to go deep into the story today, but I challenge you to read it. But because of their own mess. Oh, am I talking to any real folk today? Any of y'all ever been in a mess? I mean a real mess. Oh, come on now. A, a Anybody know what I'm saying? A real mess? I've been in a real mess before. Brian's back here jumping up and down. Yeah, Pastor. <laughs> a real mess. And because it was a mess of their own making, and they stayed in the desert for 40 years. And what's amazing to me about this is that even in the desert, even in the place of their, the mess of their own making, God's still speaking to them. God's still talking to them. God's still leading them. God's still there. They were in trouble, but God was still speaking to them. They made their own situation, but God's still speaking to them. And and, and this is so powerful in my mind and in my life because even if I'm in the desert, even if I'm in a, a mess of my own making, God's still there for me. God's still got the fire there ready and waiting for me. You know, all my life I've heard about the fire. I had one of those moms that, that preached the fire. 
Son, I don't know what you were doing tonight, but I'm praying that fire burns it out of you. I don't know where you've been, but I pray that fire gets a hold of you. I've heard things like, we need the fire of God in the church. I've heard fire, fire, fire. You know, we need the fire. Wow, that service was on fire. Oh, really? Where's the smoke? You know, I've heard all these cliche phrases, if you will. Lord, send the fire. Lord, I can feel your fire. Lord. Anybody else been there? We've heard them. You see, religious folks, how can I phrase this? <laughs> they don't like the fire. They're not interested in the fire. But I'm here to tell you this morning, as your pastor at 50 years old, I know how old I am. I still need the fire. I'm still interested in the fire. And a few of you folk in here this morning that I don't hear, you're going to get the fire. We still need a move of God. I'm still interested in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Fire is very intriguing to me. Fire in the dictionary is defined as this. It's the active principle for burning. It means it's characterized by the heat of combustion. The, another definition said the, the, the strong feeling of excitement. It means to become excited. It, mm. Lord, help me. I don't know if they've ever been excited. I don't know what spirit, lethargic spirit, has come over this house this morning, but I command it to go. I'm just going to speak freely to you for a moment. We had a prayer meeting in here. You, you know, we meet for here. Those of you who don't know and haven't heard me announce it, put turn your ears on. We meet here every Saturday morning for prayer at 9 o'clock. And, and yesterday morning, man, the fire of God was in the house. It was exciting. It was phenomenal. I left here. And as I drove home, man, just the heaviness. And the, I, I just began to get sore in my body and aching. And I just, I, I physically felt horrible. And I don't, I, I never just sit in a recliner all day. And I just sit in a recliner. And, and last night I laid down and said, okay, God, enough of this. I'm ready. And you know, it feels like that same spirit has tried to attach itself in this house today. And I refuse to let it. The fire of God will prevail. Holy Ghost will fall in this house. You better get ready. You, you, you're here. You might as well get it. You might as well enjoy it. You might as well latch on to what God's got for you and enjoy it. You see, so when we call the fire of God down, there should be an excitement that should come into the room. But I think many church folks and many churches have prayed for the fire of God. They've sought after the fire of God without correctly understanding what the fire of God really is. We don't, we, we don't comprehend. We think it's a woohoo, you know, and we're done. We go home. That's not what the fire of God is. He said the fire shall ever be burning, not just when you come in here and hoop and holler and jump and when we have somebody great to lead us in worship and we're enjoying it and feeling the Holy Ghost goosebumps and it feels good. And we, that's not what it's about. Fire in the Bible is a very powerful, and the symbolism is great. You see, fire is a tremendous emblem or symbol of the Holy Spirit all throughout the Bible. So what is the fire of God? We understand that in Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13, it says, The fire shall be kept burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Here in the scripture and in many places throughout, the fire of God is representing his presence. It's representing him being there with his people. It's representing that I'm here with you now. And as long as that fire was burning, it represented to the Jews that God's presence was among them. And the fire that we read about in Leviticus was supernaturally lit. 
It wasn't like my little brother when he was a teenager working for a construction company and building a home and uh, they were trying to burn the scrap and it wouldn't burn. And uh, he's always been so intelligent and just a very smart young man, got a master's degree. And, and in his smart mind and in his own mind, he thought this is the greatest thing to do. And all of a sudden he grabs a gas can and throws it on the fire. And next thing he knows, he's being rushed to the emergency room with burns all over his body. So it wasn't a haphazard lit fire like my brother did throwing the gas can in the fire. God lit the fire. And he said, you keep it burning. You see, now, we find the fire supernaturally coming down out of heaven and it comes into the holy of holies and remember there's three dimensions and, and I'm not going to go into all the detail on all this and I challenge you to study it and read it but there was three dimensions in the wilderness tabernacle the big tent that they built there was the outer court the inner court and then you had the holy of holies the priest in the outer court did everything by natural light so to speak it, it represents the natural rim it, it represented the, the rim that I got to see it I got to touch it I got to feel it I got to hear it or I won't experience it. Woo. We'll just leave that one right there. And then there was this promotion that you, you, you got to go in, in, into the, the inner court. And it was a, a place of the bread. It was a place of the worshiping altar. It was the place of the, the candlestick. And it represents this promotion into a, a second rim into where the presence of God was at. You see what, what it is? You've got your foot in the natural and you've got your foot in there, but you're still dependent upon man to, to bring in the bread and man to bring in the, the oil for the, the, the lamp. You're, you're still dependent upon a man. Wow. It was the place of the worshiping altar, but yet you were still dependent upon a man. You're counting on a man. Well, I've come this morning with a very important announcement for this body of Christ. There is a dimension that you can go, and it's called a rim of no explanation. We are quiet today. It's a rim that you just can't explain. It's when you slip behind the veil. It's a place where you, you just can't explain what's happening. It's that rim when the doctor looked at the baby and they couldn't explain it, but it was gone. It's the rim when they looked at Mr. Mike's foot and they couldn't explain it, but it's healed. It's and some of you have been living in this second rim. And you've been waiting for a man to bring you a breakthrough. You've been waiting for a man to bring you an answer. You've been waiting for a man to bring the bread into the tent. You've been waiting for someone to, to bring the oil. But I'm here this morning in this house ready to explain something to you that what happens next is a man is not going to bring it to you. A man is not going to make it happen this morning. A man, oh, come on. A man's not going to be what you think. A man's not going to do it. But something is going to fall out of heaven. And it's going to fall over this ministry, over this church. And it's going to overflow into your life. And there will be no explanation for it. So that fire that came down from heaven. And it went underneath the veil. Aren't you so glad that God still got what we didn't need in heaven and it can make its way to heaven right here into Seymour, Tennessee to ignite you and to do what you need done in your life? I thank God that we serve a God that still has what I need and, mm, and he can send from heaven into this natural world where I'm at. Anybody glad for a power that can still come out of heaven for your life and it finds you wherever you may be, wherever you are at? The fire fell out of heaven. It fell into the holy place. It went under the veil into the outer court and it lit the brazen altar. 
the place of the blood, the place of the sacrifice. It ignited the sacrifice and the fire all at the same time. That fire was so important that the Bible says the people saw it and they shouted and they fell on their faces. The fire, the fire. And then God goes into instructions about the fire. And we just read it a moment ago. He gives them the instructions that the fire shall never go out. Don't put it out. The fire is to always be burning because the fire symbolizes what? The presence of God. And as long as the fire was burning, the Jews knew that they had nothing to fear. As long as the fire was burning, they didn't have to worry at night. They didn't have to worry about attacks. Oh, come on now. They didn't have to worry about the, the, the Hivites, the Hittites, the, the Amalekites, the Amorites, the, the Jebusites. They didn't have to worry about them. Oh, now, some of you been worried about those demon-possessed ball sites. You've been worried about some of those Wi-Fi's. <laughs> some of y'all been worried about those bill collectorites. You've been worried about those healthites. But the Bible says as long as the fire was burning... As long, God said, when my power and my presence is there, no matter what comes against you, there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. Nothing. You may be looking for an answer. You may be searching. You may be trying to find it on your own. But I'm here to tell you, there is an answer that can manifest from on high in your life today. When you get the fire in the house, everything else will take care of itself. I'm going to say that again. Half of you didn't get it. When you got fire in your house, not just this house, but when it's in your house, everything else will take care of itself because all you're concerned about is maintaining the fire, keeping the fire burning, keeping it ignited for God. That's all you're concerned about. You see, the Jews needed God's presence. So do we, folks. I don't just need it on Sunday morning. I need it, I need it more in the morning than I do this morning. It's easy to have fire when I'm standing in front of you folk. I love you, your family. I can't wait to see you. But in the morning, when the adversary tries to come in like a flood and starts messing with your mind, that's when I need the Holy Ghost fire. It's got to be kept burning. You see, they could not make it without the presence of God. Therefore, they could not let the fire go out. Folks, neither can we. God set a fire. He sent it from heaven. He ignited it. But understand this. God expected and required the fire to be maintained. God required the fire, yet he also supplied the fire. He required it, and yet he still mm, supplied it. You know what that tells me? It tells me that what God requires, he supplies. Amen. What God requires, he supplies. He's not going to require something of you and not give you the ability to put it into operation. He, what he requires, he supplies, folks. God requires it, he supplies it. God requires it, he supplies it. God gave specific instructions to maintain what he had supplied. And this is powerful to me because these specific instructions, and as it relates to the fire, he said, I'm going to ignite it. I'm going to start it. But it's up to hungry priests to maintain it. You know who the priests are? It's not just up here. It's all the way across this room. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you are a priest of the Almighty. He's called you. He set you forth. Therefore, you too are to maintain the fire. You too are to keep it going. He said if the priests don't stay hungry, the fire will go out. Oh. And you wonder 
why you're in the position you're in. We wonder why we're in the state we're in. We wonder why we're broke, busted, and disgusted. We wondered why the adversary's got us so depressed, we're going to the doctor for pills. We wonder. The fire shall never go out. Never. Mm. I'm going to say it again. He said, if the priest don't stay hungry, the fire will go out. If the priests don't do their job, the fire will go out. You wonder why the church worldwide has lost some of its influence, most of its influence? Because the church is not attending the fire. People are more worried, and I don't have mine about that little phone and how many people are following them on whatever those things are. They're more worried about how many people are following them on the internet than they were, are worried about people following them into heaven. Yeah. Honey, you might need to have the car started and ready for me after service today. You see, we need some voices in this generation that are fired up by the fire of Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is over their lives, and they've got a vocal voice to voice what God has done inside of them. You, you, you won't have it unless you're hungry for it. If you're satisfied with mediocrity, if you're satisfied with being broke, busted, and disgusted, you're satisfied with your little pill to beat depression, if you're satisfied with it, you're going to stay right there. But until you, you get hungry, and when you get hungry for the presence of God, and the fire of God in your life, I'm here to tell you your answer is found in the fire. Your answer is found in the fire. We will not reproduce what we want. We will, reprodu we will reproduce what we are. Ooh. You see, we got to have the fire in this house, church. we got to have folks that say, I can't live without the fire. I can't make it without the fire. My prayer is God stir a fire in this house today. Does anybody want the fire in the house? Church, we won't have the fire until we can't live without the fire. You see, what is beautiful about this is he gives the instructions and the priests are to carry the ashes and everything out every morning. You know what that tells me? Every morning it's fresh. Every morning the fire's fresh. Every morning because we cleaned out yesterday's. I can't live on yesterday. As much fun as yesterday morning was, my wife was texting me, are you done yet? Are you done yet? And I got back there and had text. And, no, we're having church. The fire's here. Until we're hungry for it, we won't have it. And I love the freshness of every morning. You get rid of yesterday's mistakes. You get rid of yesterday's blubbers. You get rid of yesterday's ashes. And you step into a fresh fire and a fresh anointing each and every morning. Wow. How often do we try to live our lives on the Holy Ghost goosebumps we got 10 years ago? It don't work. How do we try to live in victory today on yesterday's fire? The priest carried it out of the camp every single morning. Every morning started fresh. Oh, somebody help me. I don't know about you. I need a freshness every morning. I need a freshness every single day. I need a fresh and a new every morning. You see, this is a tremendous picture of our high priest Jesus, pure and clean, who carried away our sins, and now we are redeemed. He carried our ashes away, our trouble away. He carried the ashes of our failure away. This is a new sacrifice every morning. Like the Bible says, his mercies are new every day, every morning. God instructed the people the fire is not to go out. Check it out. For eight centuries, eight centuries, how long's a century? Hundred. So for eight centuries is how many years? Eight hundred years. 
The fire stayed, it stayed burning for 800 years. That's even older than Joe. 800 years. Can you imagine a fire that had been burning because God sent it for 800 years? That tells me that for 800 years, they maintained it. They maintained it. For eight centuries, it stayed lit. But through the rebellion, through the insurrections of hearts of the people, the hand of the Lord and the presence of God lifted off of Israel. So now all of a sudden the fire, the presence of God that was with them through everything and and carried them through, all of a sudden because of, he lifted off of them. You see, what when the fire went out, if you read your history and read through the Old Testament, when the fire went out, bondage came in. When the fire went out, pain came in. Struggle came in. Tears came. The joy left. Oppression entered. The peace left. When the fire went out, everything good from heaven went with it. When the fire went out, depression came in amongst the Israelites, the Jews. And I've never seen it again in studying the Old Testament that God ever relit it supernaturally. He never relit it. We read that it's recorded when the fire went out, the trouble manifested. The Jews could not make it without the fiery presence of God. They couldn't sustain themselves without the fiery presence of God. They could not be effective. Oh, somebody. They couldn't be effective without the fiery presence of God. They could not control the attacks of their enemies without the fiery presence of God. They could not know victory without the fiery presence of God. They didn't know rest. They didn't know rest without the presence of God. They could not know breakthrough without the fiery presence of God. And folks, if the Jews could not make it without the fiery presence of God, who do we think we are in 2019 to think we can make it without the fiery presence of God? Folks, I'm here to tell you, I got to have it. I got to have it. I can't make it without it. I can't do it without it. Read the record. The fire went out, and you never read again. That the fire was lit by God again. Never lit again in the Old Testament. It went out in 586 B.C. And it didn't come back. In 586 B.C. The fire was extinguished. You look from Malachi all the way through Matthew. There was a 400 year span. Not even a prophetic voice spoke to the generation. The fire was out. Man tried to light it. But the fire never came back. Folks, you can light whatever you want to. You can try to ignite whatever you want to. But there's no substitute for the genuine presence of the Almighty through the power of the Holy Ghost and fire. Folks, it seemed like it was over for God's people. It seemed that they were done. It seemed like the days of fire had come and gone. It seemed like the door had been shut. It seemed like God was saying, I did this before, but I won't do it again. It seemed that the fiery days are over. Fiery days are done. They didn't guard my fire. They didn't appreciate my fire. They didn't want to keep my fire blazing. They didn't want my fire. Oh, my. They didn't maintain their lives. And it looked like the door was shut forever. It looked like God was done sending the fire. He was through sending the fire. It looked like it was over, and it was going to stay over. Ever Anybody ever been in that position? It looked like it was done until... Until we begin to see a spark from heaven beginning to contact earth. And we hear about it from a man we call John the Baptist in Matthew chapter 3 verse 11. And he says this, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance. But, but... There is one coming after me that is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. 
He's saying that one's coming greater than I that will immerse you in fire. Immerse you with the Holy Spirit. Immerse you. Wow. Hebrews tells us that our God is a consuming fire, and so often we forget it's us he wants to consume. It's us he wants to immerse. John the Baptist is telling us that he's getting ready to bring something from another planet, from another world. He's getting ready to ignite. Mm. Folks, that fire, it did come through Jesus Christ over 2,000 years ago. It may have went out in Israel in 586 B.C., but 2,000 years ago they were gathered 120 in an upper room where Christ had sent them to go. And he said, wait till the promise comes that my Father has promised you that you're going to be baptized with power of the Holy Spirit and with fire. He said, go linger there. And over 2,000 years ago, 120 were in this room and they were lingering. They were waiting on the power of the Holy Ghost to come as Christ had promised them. And then it says, Jesus told them, he said in John, uh, Acts 1.5, he says, Truly John baptized you with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. And he commands them to go. And then we move on down to Acts chapter 2, beginning with verse 1. And that's what we celebrate nationwide right now. When the day of Pentecost came. When the day of Pentecost came. They were all together in one place. Suddenly. I'm ready for a suddenly to start in the back and make its way to the front and go back to the back again and again and again. Suddenly. A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw. They saw. What seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Fire that came to rest on each of them. Now, it wasn't just one big blaze that came in. It started as a big blaze, and then it went here and here and here and here and here and rested on each one of them because each one of them needed a personal encounter with the Holy Spirit. And no matter where you're at today, no matter what you're facing today, no matter what's coming against you, he's here to separate and send the fire into your life to burn off the chafe, to fill you with the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not a one for all. It's him for each one of us individualized we'll try to finish this scripture they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and to begin to speak in another tongues as the Spirit enabled them the Bible says that cloven tongues as well, let, let me make it to where you, some of you will understand a little better he said, far came in there. I knew you'd get that. Fire came in the house and went to each individual. That means he went to Dan. And he also went to my friend right here, who's about 70 years younger than Dan. So that means he hit every age gap. He hit every... This ain't cranking your tractor like it is mine. There's that fire. The fire came down upon each of them. It started burning 2,000 years ago, and it's made its way from generation to generation to generation. Because if you read a few chapters or a few verses on over in Acts, he says it's for you and your household. And it's went from generation to generation to generation. Some of you praying for those kids and those grandkids. Don't quit. Don't quit. Keep praying because it's for each generation. And here we are in 2019, and we're linked to that power that was poured out over 2,000 years ago in that upper room. I'm here to tell somebody, your freedom, you've been battling, you've been struggling, your freedom, it comes from the fire of Holy Spirit. You want freedom in your life? Get the fire of Holy Spirit inside of you. You see, it's time that we get the fire, and we get the fire inside of us. It's time it sets us ablaze inside. 
You want to change your world? Get the fire of the Holy Spirit inside of you. Because it says that a cloven tongue of fire rested on each individual, and they went out of there, and Peter preached a sermon, and every person there heard it in their own dialect. I'm here to tell you, that fire may come in, and it may burn healing inside of this man, and he'll go out with a dialect of healing, and folk will be healed. He may speak emotional healing right here. He'll go out in that dialect, and people will be emotionally healed. I'm here. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. I'm ready to run around this room, bro. The fire, the fire of Holy Ghost burning inside of you. I've been in the fire. And the only thing that happened was I got free from the mess that I was in. That's it. The fire, the fire. Because when you're in the fire, the fire's in you. Miss Jim, would you guys come help me? I started to say, maybe this band looks a little better than I am, and you'll respond, but then I saw the guys coming. And Folks, I just want you to know, it's in the fire that you get free. It's in the fire that you get free. There's freedom in the fire. Somebody's been wanting to go to the next level. Your next level is in the fire. Your miracle, am I the only one that needs a miracle? Your miracle is in the fire. Your breakthrough is in the fire. Your breakthrough the emotional scars, the breakthrough is in the fire. Your deliverance is in the fire. Your healing is in the fire. Revival is in the fire. It's in the fire. That new season that you're ready to step into, it's in the fire. It's in the fire. I'm here to tell you the fire is greater than your mess. The fire is greater than your depression. The fire is greater than your challenge. The fire is greater than that cancer. Your fire, that fire is greater than your bondage. Somebody, that fire is greater than that secret battle. That one nobody knows about. That one you hadn't shared. That one you're trying to get through on your own. I'm here to tell you the fire is greater and it will break you through. It will the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit will get you out of that mess. It'll break through. The fire is greater. I sense this morning as I was sitting in my office that this morning the Lord impressed upon me that this is not going to be just a service, but I'm believing that this is going to be an impartation. Because there's some folks that want and need a fresh fire in this house, ignited inside of you. Some of you need to go to Pentecost. Some of you need to get there. You've been to the cross. It's time to get to Pentecost. It's time to get to the, the fire. The fire. God wants to pour a fresh fire out in this house this morning upon every generation of fresh fire. God wants to remind you of the power transparent as your pastor. I said, God, I don't want a Christian country club. And I'm just going to tell you, I told somebody yesterday morning, I look so forward to our services. Because there's some of you, I can't wait to just see your smile. Some of you, I can't wait to just get a hug of encouragement. Some of you, I just can't wait for you to slap me on my arm and say, hey, Pastor, I love you. But as much as I love that and I love you, I don't want just a gathering place. And I love to have fun. I love to aggravate these guys. I, I, I love it. But I want a 
place where the Holy Ghost fire prevails. That when people drive on the grounds, they start sensing the heat of the fire. Come on now. And nothing's going to change until we get hungry and say, I can't live without it. I can't live without an encounter of Pentecost every single day. Folks, I have no desire to try to do this without the fire of God. I hope you're ready. We need the fire. We need the fire. You need the fire. We can't make it without the fire. Could you imagine what would happen in this house if every one of us got hungry for the fire of God and made room for Holy Spirit in our life? Fire fall down! Fire fall down! Fire on each and every head. Fire that brings healing. Fire that brings deliverance. Fire that brings prosperity. Fire that brings salvation. Fire that brings freedom. Fire that breaks addictions. a feel-good moment today, but a fire. A fire. As Miss Jen and this band gets ready to lead us, if you're on this stage and you need to move, drop that instrument and get down here. I'm just going to challenge you. You need a fire ignited inside of you. You remember what the Jews and the Israelites did? They began to shout and they fell to their faces. I'm going to challenge you. Some of you need to shout. And some of you need to get on your faces. These altars are open, and they're going to begin to lead us. And I challenge you right now. This is not just a feel-good. This is for the fire of the Holy Spirit. Fire, fire, fire.
house get some fire this morning? Praise God. Church, I love you. I appreciate you so much. I want to encourage you on Wednesday nights through June, we were having a program for our children K through 6 called Agents of Truth. As Jamie had a big thing set up Wednesday, it's fantastic. The kids had a great time. If you've got children in grades K through 6, Get them here through June. They're going to have a blast. July starts our family nights on Wednesday nights. And then come August, we're kicking off our Royal Rangers and our girls clubs. We need, still need some leaders, in the, especially in the girls clubs. We need a few more men, I believe, in the uh, uh, Royal Rangers. So if you want to do Royal Rangers, see Mr. Ben Dever, raise your hand, raise your hand back there. See that fine young man right there? And he will get you set up. I appreciate you. I love you. Thank you for being here. Pastor Corbin, if you will. <laughs> to kind of piggyback off of that, um, I know we we constantly are coming up and saying, we need your help, we need your help. Uh, we need your help. Uh, our children's ministry specifically, Miss Jamie, as Pastor Scott says, does a phenomenal job. Uh, was here early Wednesday night setting things up for the kids. She's here faithfully every single Sunday morning uh, working her tail off uh, to help provide and to minister to those kids. And she needs some help. Um, and not just someone to go in there and babysit. Uh, we talk about the fire. The fire isn't regulated to just adults. Um, that is something that can be impart, imparted into those children. We need people who will teach those children how to pray how to seek the fire, how to live out a godly spiritual life. And so if you, uh, something maybe even this morning stirred inside of you and you want to help minister to those children, uh, please see Miss Jamie. She would be more than happy uh, to accept your help uh, in there. So please uh, see her. And last, uh, if you would like to sign up to provide supplies for Vacation Bible School, there's a table in the back foyer as soon as you walk out. Uh, if you can just go write your name down of things that you can donate, things that you can bring for Vacation Bible School, we would greatly uh, appreciate that. Let us pray and you will all be dismissed. Father, we thank you for this time together. We thank you for your word. Uh, we thank you for your fire. Uh, we pray that uh, that fire that was supernaturally lit on the day of Pentecost, God, that we continue to maintain, that we continue uh, to take out the ashes every single morning, God, that this house becomes a place where your fire resides. God, that people as they drive by, they will feel the presence of God in this place and that this place begins to minister to the community of Seymour like it's never seen before. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this house. We love you. It's your name we pray. Amen.